Welcome to episode 15. I am so glad to be back after a week hiatus. This episode is going to be a bit shorter because we have a super, super awesome brand new episode coming out next week, but I'm recording it on Tuesday when this podcast comes out, but it's after the posting time, so I figured, you know what? Let's just have a pretty relaxed, fun, funny episode, and then next week's is going to be a bit more specialized, and I want to leave that mainly as a surprise, but we'll see if that's the vibe we want to keep or if we would like to keep it more lighthearted and honestly more embarrassing. So with this episode, I wanted to give a couple updates and of course, more embarrassing stories from me, and then just kind of preview next week's. So, updates. I received an anonymous story, and of course I'm going to leave names out, because we're not here to ruin lives, we're here to, you know, laugh about them, and then move on. So that will be later in the show, but... What I wanted to talk about right now is I am starting my eighth week of work and my hands, if y'all have seen me, I like having my nails done. It makes me feel really put together. It's my time and what I pay for to quote unquote fill up my bucket, meaning it's something that I do just for myself for me to feel better and it really has no effect on other people. And I think it's really important to kind of take those times, find those activities that really energize you, that you can relax and get back to your almost neutral or positive mood so that you can then invest and help others. And that's something that I learned in my leadership program back in college And is that me justifying paying 40, 50 bucks to get my nails done? Maybe. Maybe it is. But I do it anyway. But does that stop me from breaking them when I go to work? Nope. My hands are so beat up from opening cases of wine and picking them up and catching bottles because I always knock them over, which is super fun. Maybe I chose the wrong industry to go into, but honestly, I like it. But they're just so beaten up. So now I have to be one of those girls that takes time to do like a hand mask. Like that sounds so uppity. It's ridiculous, but it's this phase of life. Welcome to 22 where the hangovers are really bad. You can no longer drink hard liquor You can drink two glasses of wine because otherwise you're going to have a horrible hangover and you have to get up for work the next morning. Like adulting is such a scam, but I digress. Where I was going with that was I went to a fine wine tasting on Thursday of last week and obviously I work in the wine industry, so it's important for me to know kind of the ins and outs and the foundational knowledge of wine. What I learned is Pinot Noir is known as the world's greatest wine because it is a red wine, but it has a light body. So when in doubt, buy Pinot Noir. But I'm here 
sitting right in front of the division and district managers. And they think it was two wine glasses, poured a little sample of a Chardonnay and a Pinot Grigio, both white wines. And God. Sometimes I think, why does stuff like this happen to you, whether it be my own doing or just randomly? But I think people are not going to believe you that this happens. And unfortunately, and fortunately, it depends on what mood I'm in, if I am in the mood to laugh at my life or if I am one straw away from a mental breakdown. Luckily, that was a laughing day. So I go to grab the Chardonnay. Of course, they tell you to like swirl it around. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I try it. I'm like, oh, very nice. Put it down. But maybe I was shaky from not really eating that day because I was on the job. I don't know what it was. Maybe that one sip of wine really hit me hard because my tolerance is so low. So I go to put the glass down and I put it unevenly and I hit it when I like draw back my arm. And so that thing starts shaking and falling. And I'm thinking in slow motion, like, no. First 10 minutes of your first day, you broke your nail and started bleeding. Like a month later, you drop 10 bottles of wine. You cannot be the girl that spills wine at the fine wine tasting event. Are you kidding? So I catch that thing, but I know from experience, when you see anything that's glass falling, do not aggressively and quickly try to go grab it. Because when I did that, I was a freshman in college first, actually it was a week before classes even started and I was going through sorority recruitment. And for all of y'all that know or don't know, I do not do well with needles. I don't do well with my own blood. I do better with other people's blood, only when it's a crisis moment. You're thinking, what does that mean? Are you an EMT? No. I don't know if I could. But let's say, I don't know, we're at a house party and you think it's funny to grab the glass that's falling and you slice your hand because it's in that moment and I don't have time to think about it. I can easily, you know, I say stitch you up. No, I don't know how to do stitches, but I can take care of you completely fine. If it's me, it depends. But if I have time to think about the blood, like when you're getting your blood drawn, a shot, a surgery, getting, I don't know, a splinter removed. When I have time to think about it, that's when I start panicking. And there's some condition, or they say phenomenon, I don't know what it's called, but you subconsciously stop breathing because you're panicked and so you pass out. So every time I've had my blood drawn, I've passed out. And it's not fun. And I have to be that adult child to tell the nurse, oh, you're going to give me a shot? Okay, well, I'm going to have to lay down and I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes. So they bring me a wet rag to put on my head and they bring me an apple juice to make sure my blood sugar is fine. So dramatic. But I do pass out. I just do. So anyway, back to freshman year of college, sorority recruitment, moved into my apartment 
with random roommates. I did random roommates every year in college. But I didn't know them well enough. Obviously, I met them like the day before. And I went and grabbed one of the glasses that I brought. And I went to go put some water in it to get some, obviously, to drink some water. Duh. What else would I do with it? Gosh. And I'm picking it out of the cabinet and I drop it onto the counter and I'm thinking no don't wake up your roommates they're gonna hate you and then you'll have the worst year of your life so I go and quickly try to catch the glass but not quick enough and I go and grab the glass right as it shatters and it sliced my hand open and I'm thinking no 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 So I slice my right hand open and I have to pick up the glass because I don't want my roommates getting hurt. I'm hoping my roommates didn't wake up. I have to go to sorority recruitment and address and, you know, try to brag about myself to girls that really don't give a shit. That's a whole nother thing. I get heated about sorority recruitment. But so I just grabbed a towel and I texted my mom. She lives two hours away. What is she going to do? And I go, I just cut myself. I think I'm going to pass out. And she goes, well, don't. Like, what What was I expecting? I don't know. But anyway, I just held a little dish towel on my hand until I got to sorority row. And I just kind of put some band-aids on it and hope for the best. Luckily, it really wasn't that bad. And I was so proud of myself for not passing out. Because wouldn't that be crazy? Have to go to the Panhellenic Committee or council, whatever, and say, hey, sorry I missed the first day of recruitment. Uh, I passed out. <sighs> Honestly, maybe that'd be a good excuse if you ever do miss something. Because what are they going to say? No, you didn't. You don't know that. Anyway. So yeah, don't go grabbing for glass stuff that has fallen. So back to present day at the fine wine tasting. It's falling and I catch it, but I, I know from experience, you have to do it gently. I can't just go run and grab it or else it will shatter. So I kind of, I don't even know what you call it. I go around with both hands to almost do like an air hug to the glass, right? And my heart's beating fast now. And I've had alcohol in my system now. And I'm thinking, oh, Annalise, they're going to think you're a little drunk after one sip of wine. Annalise, come on. And I catch it and I'm like, oh God. And one of the managers that was sitting to my right looked at me and she was like, good catch. Now, not only, thankfully I sat in the back of the sales reps, but people did still see it. And then the lecturer, the guy that's like a sommelier, knows everything about wine. He stops the lecture, turns back, he goes, good catch, I saw that. And I just kind of, you know, ha ha ha, like whatever. Annalise, good God. So from then on, I was very, very careful putting my wine glass down, that I would put it down and then hold the stem and the, I don't even know what you call it, the bottom of the wine glass, steady. And let me tell you, we tried five wines that day. And it's not a full glass of wine. It is literally an ounce of wine. And after those samples of wine that I did not even finish... I was feeling it, and I thought, you loser, what happened to your tolerance? Now, it is good that since I am living on my own and having to pay for all my alcohol myself, 
It's good to be a lightweight. But it's not good to be such a lightweight where these samples of wine are getting you a little buzzed. And then to, honestly, to my benefit, I had a happy hour with my actual employer after that. I only had one high noon. Can you believe that? I was on the company's dime and I only had one high noon. I did get a bunch of high noon, as they call it, swag. I have a fanny pack, a little 12 pack portable like lunchbox cooler. I have a bunch of visors. I have some sunglasses. So high noon, sponsor me because I will soon sell your stuff. But if not, that's fine. I just won't make it my priority display. That's me trying to pitch to get a sponsorship, but who knows? Anyway, that's a work update. Um, I also had an intern shatter me today, shatter, shadow me today at work, and I felt so bougie, even though we were literally the exact same age. But it was very nice. I got yelled at a little bit today by the receiver, but. She does like me, so I'm fine. Anyway, moving on. There, (laughs) I forgot that this even happened to me, and I'm sure I have a million other embarrassing stories, but this is one of my favorite ones. So freshman year of college, I had to get two physical education credits. And so the one I chose was skiing, like snow skiing. In Texas, and it was on this man-made hill. They called it Mount Aggie. It was a hill covered in white turf and literally plywood, like ratchet. And to ski down it, we literally had real ski, ski boots. We had to wear like leggings and pants or whatever. But they would just hose down the turf and we would slide down it. And the worst part is, clearly they don't have a lot of maintenance on this thing. It was a very fun class. Good professor, fun class. But they would hose it down and because the plywood would kind of shift, there was mud at the bottom. And I've never skied in my life. And I thought, oh, this could be fun. I sucked at it. Sure, I could probably go skiing and maybe on real snow, it'd be better. But I ate it at the bottom of that quote unquote mountain. And it was when the professor was recording me for my final grade, I fell from doing nothing, just skiing down, wasn't doing a trick, wasn't lifting my leg up to do anything, literally fell out of nowhere. I laughed at myself, but I was soaked. There was some mud. It was not, not pretty, but, and I'll post that, that video because I have so many videos of me falling. I'll post that one on my Instagram. But the story of this was I had to drive to campus to get to this outdoor mountain and I had to pay for parking because I was not about to pay 500 bucks for a parking pass. I probably should have. It may have saved me money. 
But, you know, I'm driving, I'm 18, I was like, you know, whatever, my car looks all spick and span, no dents yet. Had so many dents in my car now. And I was just kind of on autopilot, so I, you know, what's it called? I turn into the parking spot. Oh my god, I, maybe I need a glass of wine. Maybe I need to detox, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, need to go pay for the parking ticket and then move my car closer to the, to the class. So I open my door, unbuckle and get out. And literally my blink, it had to be like eyes closed, complete darkness, open back up. Oh, the light of day shining in my eyes. Oh, what a wonderful day. And I see my car is moving without me. I forgot to put my car in park. So this thing, and I felt like it was going fast. Really, it was going quite slow because it was just off the brake. But this thing is going without me towards the little parking meter over the parking little block concrete stop at the front of the parking spot. So I jump into my car. So I grab on to that little rinky-dink little arm holder at the top of the car and I sw- I was like Tarzan. I pulled myself up and jumped in feet first, trying to find the brake. Found the brake. My car jolts forward and stops because it's that automatic brake system. And I thought, how are you so dumb? I caught my breath. My you know adrenaline was pumping because I saw my car leave without me. And I've never seen that happen before with my driver's side door open. And I thought, okay, you need to be more careful. Honestly, that was probably the day that I fell skiing because I was just so on edge. But that, I, yeah, I had to take a breather, ended up obviously paying for my parking and made sure when I got back in the car to, you know, put it in drive. When I turned into the parking spot again, put it in park, double checked it. Ridiculous. And to make matters worse, it was my junior year of college, and I had to go drop off my car to get the oil changed, whatever that means. I don't know anything about cars. Why does the oil have to be changed? Why can I not do it myself? And if I can, how? And why is oil so expensive? I have a lot of questions. Oh my gosh, should I go interview a mechanic and ask all these <gasps> I should. Oh my god. I may do that. Okay, anyway. So, typically, mechanics are male. It's a male-dominated field. Given, there may be some female mechanics. It's not me. I can tell you that. So I'm whipping in, and you know they're saying, Okay, like just park your car here. I'm like, okay. And you have to, let me paint a picture. I don't believe I'm one of those super girly girls or one of those, you know, preppy white girls. I'm definitely white. I am a girl. I like my nails done. But also, I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty alpha girl and I don't like the whole fakeness and I don't like Beverly Hill. What's it? Wives of Beverly Hills? New new housewives? Ugh, whatever it is. See, I can't even tell you what it is. 
But I'm, gonna, I'm painting this picture. Pull up in my little Nissan Rogue, what I call the silver bullet, because it's fast and deadly because I'm driving it. All jokes aside, you know, it's really not that deadly. I hope it's very safe. It's been safe so far. So I pull up. And I jump out with my little tennis skirt on and my sunglasses and my hair up in a ponytail and, you know, probably my t-shirt from my women's org slash sorority. And I'm like, hi, like, I need my car to be fixed. And they're like, okay. So I get back in the car and I kind of pull up to closer where their mechanic room is. Oh, God, I sound dumb. But I pull in and I take my key off my keychain to leave it with them, the automated key fob. And I unbuckle, open the door and get out. I forgot to put it in park again. So this thing is, it's not even going just kind of up. It is going straight for the actual building. Not the whole door open, just garage where it's like, oh, it's okay. No, the structural beam of the building. And so I've, I've already left by this point like i have walked and i'm not looking back and i hear all these guys go oh and so i look back thank god my savior this mechanic runs in front of my car and jumps in to my car and stops just before the front of my car hits the brick building and I had to just laugh it off because what else am I supposed to do? I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. And they're probably thinking, God, bitches, man, right? Not only do girls, and this is a gross generalization, I understand, but girls go into this mechanic shop and of course they're like, um, my dad usually does this. Like, I don't know. What oil do I like? Well, is the, is the, you know, the premium oil really better? No. I go for the cheapest stuff because that's what my dad told me. Now, is my dad being cheap? I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just going to go with what my dad says. And then it's, you know, oh, your air filter is atrociously dirty. I'm like, I don't believe you. My dad said to never believe you. I don't, I don't trust you. And they're probably thinking, this girl is so dumb. We could probably get so much money out of her. And they'd probably be right, because I did pay for an air filter change, and my dad said, that's a scam. I don't know. I panicked, and I felt bad that the guy had to jump in my car and stop it. I don't know. So now, my lovely father usually takes my car in for me, because I end up spending way too much money on stuff that is a scam. <laughs> so now, yes, I double-check that it's parked, and my car now warns me when it's not parked. When I turn my car off, thank God. That Nissan is really looking out for me, and I have not been looking out for it. There's so many dents on that thing. Some are my fault, and some are not. One time I did run into a gas station pole. That was my fault. One time I did back up into a parking lot pole. Again, my fault. But the other ones... No, actually, I take that back. <laughs> I did scratch the side of my car on another parking lot, like beam, like structural beam. That was my fault. But I was nearly T-boned 
on my way to volunteer to build medical shelters. Yeah, I'm that person right now. I was going to volunteer my time to help those in need, and I got hit by a veterinarian assistant's car. Luckily, he thought it was his fault, and luckily, I thought it was my fault, so neither of us called the insurance agency. Another time, a Sephora worker at the mall, there was a four-way stop. Okay, let me paint this picture for you again, because I'm an artiste. The person, so, I'm second in line to go forward. So the person in front of me goes forward. And I'm like, yay, let me pull up to the stop sign, closer to the mall. So I pull up. Out of nowhere, the Sephora driver, instead of continually going towards her place of work, reverses back quickly. And it's not like she inched up, you know, a foot and I'm just kind of eager. No, she left. She was in the intersection. She was gone. Came back without looking at me and just ran into me where it looks like I rear-ended her. And let me tell you, I was mad because it's not a simple mistake. It's a, what were you doing? If you're already in the intersection, you keep going. So yeah, I was actually very, very angry. And of course, I'm angry when it's just me in the car. And the minute that she parked, which she drove too far for me to think that she was trying to run away. She parked and I got out and she's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's okay. Really, don't worry about it. Like, you barely did any damage. It was just, um, she actually even my license plate back out from that time that I hit the gas station pole when it dented it forward. So I was like, really, don't worry about it. <sighs> and then someone in the parking lot. Uh, in college, scratched my car, put all this yellow paint on it, and never wrote a note. And that makes me think. I like to think that I'm a good person, right? I like to think that I have such an issue with guilt that to save myself from eternal regret and shame, that I would leave a note if I ran into somebody. But then you think, would I? Would I? Because really, you're already scared. So if I hit a car, let's honestly, scenario time. It's like a little mini pull night. So you're in a parking lot and you're backing up to get out of your spot and you just gun it just a little too hard and you hit a car and it dents or scratches it, right? And you're like, oh, no. So then you look around. There's nobody there. No one's there. There's no cameras either. Because you're at that ghetto Walmart parking lot, right? Do you pull back in and write a note with your insurance and your phone number? Or do you say, man, bad day to be you? Because your car's probably a little dented too. It is your fault though. I think as much as I would hate it, I would write a note because I know I'd feel so guilty if I didn't, now given, if it is literally like a pin-sized dent, eh, if it's something that you can tell, I'm going to have to leave a note. I would feel so bad if I didn't. And this is not be me saying, like, I'm such a great person, I would leave a note. No, I would just feel so guilty, and I don't think it would leave my conscious conscience for a couple years, at least, so I would I would leave a note. And that's a selfish reason. Not even to help them and own up to my mistakes. Nope. 
it's so that I wouldn't feel guilty. Ridiculous. But now, since we're about halfway through this episode, let's talk about the story that I received. So I'm going to give you all the synopsis. I'm not going to, you know, read off of a page. So one of the listeners had a boyfriend and they dated a couple months ago, I guess. And they decided to try to stay friends. Whether you think that works or not, that's up to you. After this story, I don't know. So they're staying friends and they're catching up. And basically, he asked her uh, about her dating life and what was going on. And she said that she, you know, obviously answered, but not in so much detail. Because, again, why would your ex want to know what you're doing in a dating or sexual sense? Like, there's no reason to. It's only going to end poorly. And he mentioned that he wanted to tell her something and was hesitant to because he didn't know if it was appropriate. So let's, let's take a pause. If you are questioning whether what you're about to say is appropriate, it's probably not. And that is almost like the golden rule for every situation. If you're thinking, oh, is this person the right person for me? If you're questioning it, they're probably not. If you think, if, if it's, if you're ever questioning something and it's taking so much out of you to decide, it's probably not the best thing to do. If you're really stressed about going out, you're like, oh, I should go out, but I just really don't want to, then don't go. Ease your way into it. But when you're thinking, is this the person I want to be with? And you keep questioning it, it's probably just not it. And there's a difference between having relationship anxiety, which is completely normal, versus knowing instinctually that this is not where you're supposed to be. And you just keep ignoring it. Because think of it. There's going to be one maybe two people that you will have long, long-term relationships with. And I say that because not everyone who they marry do they stay with. So let's say one, maybe two. The probability of everyone you meet being that one person is so slim that when in doubt, exit out, right? We're not doing this today. We're not doing it. We're not wasting our time. We're not questioning over and over for a long time whether this person is worth your time. If you're questioning it, it's a no. So, moral of that story is, if you're thinking, hmm, should I tell my ex about this story? I think it could go bad, but maybe not. Don't say it. Don't say it. If you're trying to be friends with them, it's not going to help. If you're going to be petty, that just looks bad on you. That's immature. Grow up. So he basically told her, and I just find this hilarious because it's not me in the moment. It's not me in the situation. 
I feel like if it was me, it would be a lot different. But he told her that he went out and met this girl who was a little bit older. He called her a MILF. And basically, this lady had been divorced recently and invited him to go to the bathroom with her. You may be thinking, what? What does that mean? I have never invited a boy to the bathroom and never have I been invited to the bathroom. I don't know what that means. What it does mean is going to snort coke, cocaine. I am proud to say I've never done cocaine. Not only do I have a very sensitive nose when it comes to literally anything, dust, pepper, my perfume, when I spray my spray deodorant and it kind of lingers in the air a little too long and I inhale it, no, sneezing for hours. That's dramatic. I sneeze a couple times. But not only was he invited by this MILF to go snort cocaine, but it was going to be off her boobs. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, shout out to all moms out there. Credible that you can create a human being from basically nothing. But really, like, boobs, coke on your boobs, like, some of y'all may be thinking, that's awesome. I personally disagree. So said guy snorted the coke off this lady's boobs. Turns out she was 38 and had three children. Yeah. And, like, I get it. I understand the whole MILF, DILF thing. Going for the older, more experienced people, it has a certain attractiveness to it. But I know for a fact I'm all talk. Just like the sugar daddy thing. I could say I want a sugar daddy all day long because I just want some free money. But the minute it actually gets serious or someone actually considers approaching me to be a sugar baby, no, I'm out. I'm too scared. I am. I'm too scared. I don't know what's happening. I don't want it. Get away from me. I'll pay my own damn bills. So... I understand the idea, the attractiveness of the idea of being with someone more experienced, older. But I would never go through with it. So apparently this guy, you know, snorted the coke. And then they were hitting it off. So she was 38, three kids, had coke, cocaine on her. Don't know why. And they were hitting it off. And he ended up taking the MILF home with him. And I have so many questions. Which I guess this girl doesn't know all the answers, but... So you took the... You, meaning the guy. The guy took the 38-year-old home with him. Did his deed. She allowed him to hook up with her. She has three children at home, which I assume are with a babysitter. They both are on coke. Does does a 38-year-old stay the night at a place? Or is that only something that younger people do? Do you just... Like, when I become 38, hopefully I'm married and whatever. But do you just call an Uber and go home to, the, to relieve the babysitter? Or are you... 
throwing cash at this babysitter saying, oh, can you stay the night? Yeah, I'm still out. Like what? And so I just want to remind y'all, this girl, her ex is telling her about the 38-year-old that he hooked up with and snorted coke off of. Why? Why would you tell someone this story that you were in a relationship with? Uh, what? What's the point? Are you flexing that you hooked up with a 38-year-old? Are you flexing that you snorted coke? There are way better ways to do that. Like what? If you're going to do that, at least go the Cowboy Devo route. And if y'all don't know what that is, go to episode five. Okay? Hilarious, because he's my friend. But considering this girl's ex-boyfriend did it, not a fan. Not a fan. And so then she says that he continues to tell her that he was invited to a career, like, conference in a different city as the MILFs plus one. And he went. He went with the 38-year-old to one of her, like, work conferences. What? Why? Did y'all hook up in the hotel room, motel room again? Like, what happened? And of course, I'm curious, but I don't know. But why would you tell your ex about this whole adventure you've had with drugs and moms? What's the point of it? For me, there's only two reasons someone would say this. One, they're incredibly dumb and have no social cues. Two, they're trying to flex on you, even though it's not that big of a flex. But in that case, why stay in contact with your ex if you're going to tell them that? Because from my point of view, that wouldn't make me want you more. That would make me think less of you. So you shot yourself in the foot. You're keeping in contact to only shoot yourself in the foot. So... Bless this poor girl's heart. I don't know why her ex did this. But clearly, she is doing just fine. Better without him, clearly. Because either he's immature, incredibly dumb, or just incredibly petty. I don't know. But I just, I could not believe that. Why? I just, I'm dumbfounded. I don't get it. But you know what? To each their own. We all make our choices in this life. There's no really wrong choice. There's only choices that people agree with and people don't agree with. And you find those people that agree with yours. Mic drop. Ugh. Okay. So, to get in a little bit of... Sorry, it's my poppin' pills time. And y'all be thinking, Annalise, didn't you just say no cocaine? But you're doing drugs? No, I'm just doing my prescription drugs. No babies and no depression, hopefully. But we can take those in a second because honestly, 
they're they're not at arm's distance, arm's reach. So whatever, it's fine. Not that anything's happening in my life anyway. Um, yeah. So dating, not much going on. Um, I did get a text today. Actually, this is so random. I was at work, sweating my butt off, carrying all these cases of wine, and I get a text saying, "Let me find it." Saying, "Hey." I randomly thought about you the other day. How have you been? And it's just a phone number. No name. No contact. And so I'm like, wait, what? Who Who is thinking of me? And why? So I open it. Turns out I had texted this person a bit over a year ago. Clearly not important enough for me to save their number. I usually don't save the number until there's, I either meet them in person or they're significant enough in my life to do so. So (laughs) I'm going to read y'all the last messages I have. So on, oh gosh, what day was this? April 26th, 2020. Over a year ago, I got a message saying, well, in all seriousness, all I'm looking for is someone that I enjoy spending time with. If it goes somewhere, cool. If not, and it's just casual, that's cool too. Only not cool thing would be if we hate hanging out. No response. Because at this point, I'm like, no, wasting my time. The same day, four minutes later. What other speed is there when you start hanging out with someone? Question mark. It's not speed. It's the intention of going into something. At this point, I just feel like I do not align with people that are just going to do something casual. They have no intention of investing in the other person. They have no intention of growing with the other person. Not that I'm looking for a proposal anytime soon. I'm 22. I am literally still double checking that I put my car in park. I don't need a husband. I don't need a fiance. A boyfriend? Yeah, sure. A casual hookup? No thanks. I respect my time too much for that. And that's not to say that anyone that is hooking up or friends with benefits is not respecting their time, but I'm at a place where my time, I see it as an investment. So where I invested, I hope to get a return on my investment. And casual things, it's it's not worth it for me. So 12 minutes after that last what speed is there, he says, how am I being contradictory? No response again. Text me the next day. Your friend here back? Question mark. I didn't still not, did not respond. Two days later. Uh Uh-oh, am I dead to you? Guess what, guys? I still did not respond. Oh, let's see. Two days later again. Ha ha, we gonna match on Tinder too, question mark? About ten minutes after that, or is this where I see myself out? Still didn't respond. Then I get the text today. So, what is that? 13, 14 months later. It says, hey, I randomly thought about you the other day. How have you been? I text back four hours later and I go, hey, I'm good. Can you remind me of your name? 
I don't know who this dude is. I don't know. He responds, haha, ouch, and then his name. I don't even recognize the name. I'm not even trying to be a bitch. I'm not trying to be mean. I have no clue who this man is. I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I don't know who this man is. The Kiki Palmer reference. So I feel bad that I feel like I kind of hurt his feelings, but for someone that you haven't talked to in a year that clearly was, I, you weren't important enough for me to put your name in my phone. Like we never hung out. We never ended up going on a date. So I don't get it. What made you think of me now? I tried looking him up on Instagram. No Instagram. So I'm thinking, huh? Why? I don't know. I don't know. And here's some other tea. And this is where I think, Annalise, people have to think you're lying. And I would not blame them for thinking that. There was a man that I saw in Bumble when I was still on my whole dating app kick, which I guess I still kind of am, but at this point I'm like, dating, I can't. I say that now. I'm sure I'll go on a date next week. So he's this really cute guy, very buff. He has a daughter. And I remember looking, I was like, I don't know, like, could I even date someone that had a daughter? Like, am I in that stage of life? And I think that's probably a little too serious for me because you're putting in an impressionable child into the mix. And I was just like, I don't know. Anyway, this guy has some tattoos. He's super like ripped, like all in all, pretty, pretty cute guy. And so I swipe right on him and he didn't swipe right on me before. So I was just like, well, okay. And of course, in his bio, it says, you know, I I reply faster on Instagram. So like DM me. I'm like, you're just trying to get followers, dude. But I go to his Instagram. I don't DM him, but I just wanted to check out his pictures. I go there and I see his daughter and I'm like, oh, cute. And of course, because I am just the best FBI agent to ever walk this earth. I'm going through his photos. I see no girls. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, let's see your tagged photos. Because usually the tagged photos are a lot more candid. And they're pictures that clearly you didn't want to post. So it gives me a better idea of what you actually look like. Because people edit their photos. I try not to edit my photos where I don't look real. Like, I try to be as transparent as possible. Now, given, if I have a zit on my face and I take a picture, I'm blurring that shit out. Nobody has to see that volcano on my face. No, we're not doing that. So I find his mom's Instagram on his tag stuff because he was tagged in the photo. And I'm like, oh, cute. She's saying, you know, happy Sunday. Great day to worship. And spend time with our newly engaged son and future daughter in love. April 11th. So I swipe. And I'm like, that, hmm, that is him. And that is a girl with a ring on her finger. So I'm thinking... This man is out here cheating. But then I think Annalise calmed down. That is a very strong assumption to make. So I think, you know what? No, 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 no. Let's scroll through things. Let's try to figure it out. So the mother has a bunch of posts of this, her daughter in love. And I'm thinking, huh. So, of course, I start going into deep dive snooping. So I can't find anything on his page. And I'm like, is this his baby mama? Is that what this is? Maybe he just had a bumble and didn't delete it. 
Maybe it's not active. Something and huh. So we have a mutual friend. So I text her and I'm like, hey, um, do you know this guy? Like, I saw him on Bumble, but then I saw that he's engaged. And she was like, because he is engaged. I was like, oh, what? Crazy. And I was like, of course, the super buff, cute guy with a cute daughter, even though I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for that, is engaged. And I'm thinking, my dating life, it's dead. Girl, you dodged a bullet. So, I end up just kind of forgetting about him. But today, he matched with me. And so I'm like, <gasps> clearly, you are active on Bumble. And you're engaged with a daughter. So, I text my mutual friend again. And I'm like, hey, he actually matched with me. And she was like, well, they're engaged. So, I don't know what he's doing. And I was like, <gasps> And she goes, well, are you going to, if he responds like flirty or tries to like hook up with you, are you going to DM the fiance on Instagram and tell her? And I was like, honestly, I have not thought that far in advance. I don't know what I'd do. But I was like, I mean, if I was engaged, I'd want to know. I just hate being the bearer of bad news. Like, I don't know what I would have done. So I start snooping on Facebook. His fiance's Facebook still says engaged. He doesn't have a Facebook. So I was like, uh-huh. But on the fiance's Instagram, she has no photos with him. So I was like, interesting, interesting. But the mom still has the engagement photos up on her Instagram. And given parents, they're not as savvy with it. They just kind of forget about it. So I'm like, damn. So I end up texting my mutual friend again, and she goes, oh my gosh, they were engaged in April, but now they're not. And I think the guy that I matched with blocked her, blocked his ex-fiance on Instagram, so that's why she's not tagged in anything, and that's why he's not tagged in anything. So I was like, <gasps> so I am impatiently waiting to see if what he says, because now I kind of want to know why the engagement was broken off. Was his baby mama crazy? Did he cheat? Did his fiance cheat? Did it just not work out? So many questions. So I'll try to keep you updated on that because I just think, uh, T. And I guess, you know, it is entertainment. It's nice to have something because I can only watch so much Netflix. I don't know. I thought this episode was going to be a lot shorter, but it's not. So going into next week. I have a super, super exciting guest that I'm going to be interviewing, and it's not necessarily something that I have focused on the topic, but I think it's going to be a great way to start talking about it and get some experts, you know, insight on it and also ask questions that normally people don't want to ask because it, it may seem like it comes off as rude or you really just don't have the opportunity to ask. And so hopefully I can get, you know, the nitty gritty and kind of get into exactly what it means. And I guess I'll go ahead and say it to get y'all a little excited. It's going to be psychic mediumship and tarot card reading. That's just like the stuff that I've talked about on TikTok when it's like, if you're seeing this, this is meant for you. 
Like, mm, is it? And of course the cards are like, wow, you've been having some anxiety. You've been having some rough goes about it, but something good is coming. How vague can you be? Of course everyone thinks that's about them. No one is having the best time of their life. Someone is, everyone is having some type of turbulence in their journey. So I'm super excited to ask her about, you know, should we take these TikTok tarot card readings seriously? Is that really a thing? And why should we believe that, you know, psychic and, you know, just spirituality readings should we actually believe those are real? And I looked up a little bit about it, that tarot cards were actually meant for entertainment, not for spiritual tools. And we're going to kind of talk about why there has been more of a trend of being more spiritual than religious, that why people are moving away from organized religion and into more individual spirituality. And some... I thought, you know, some of y'all may not really care about spirituality, but I think it's going to be a really interesting take on it and to almost, it's not interrogating our guest, my guest, our guest, but it's more asking the questions that people want to ask, but are too hesitant to ask. And so I've already laid down expectations that we're going to be very, very honest, transparent, and that. Nothing that we're meaning is, has the intentions of being rude, of being dismissive, but rather just really trying to understand. So I'm actually really excited. I'm actually recording that today when the podcast comes out. So I'll have that for next week. And I'm just really excited that I'm getting to expand to people that, that really know a lot more than I do about a certain topic and getting to ask the questions, not only to better my knowledge on the topics, but to hopefully add a sense of value to this podcast and to everyone's day and get to know a little bit. So I will put a little questionnaire up on the, up on my little Instagram in case you have any last minute questions that I should ask our wonderful guest, Megan, but otherwise I'm super, super excited for it and super excited to not only meet her, we talked a little bit on the phone and scheduled this all out, but there's a lot of good things ahead and I'm just excited for what potential this podcast can have and this brand. And again, if y'all have any questions or have anything you want to talk about, let me know because just like the story about the ex today, I love hearing y'all's stories and, you know, getting to speak about them and hopefully give y'all a little bit of advice and kind of give y'all just a different perspective. So without further ado, hopefully by next episode, Mr. Ex-Fiance will have messaged me back and I can get into the nitty gritty. Otherwise, I'm about to do some FBI sleuthing on some other people. And maybe I'll make an episode just about how to sleuth think that would be cool maybe right after i talk to a mechanic (laughs) okay well as always thank y'all so much for listening i am so happy that y'all have joined me today and can't wait to see y'all next week